as I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. Whatever, Kevin. You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. I'll tell you what's going on. All right. It's another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Copy with Craig and Kevin. I am the executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me is the Brandon of Channel Partners, talking about the 90210 reboot here. He's a general nice guy. Our business development director, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Well, Craig, I got to tell you, that was a very kind intro. Uh, A general nice guy. I'm assuming you're referring to Brandon Walsh, uh, played by Jason Priestley. Let me just tell you, I am probably one of the only people of my generation, if you will, that did not watch a single full episode of 90210 back in the day. You know, what I am familiar with is that theme song. I mean, how do you not know that theme song? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm with you, buddy. Uh, I didn't watch it uh, myself either, but it seemed like a nice tie-in with the reboot going on. But I do remember in college, especially all of the girls on our dorm floor freshman year would crowd around on, I don't remember what night it was, like Thursday night. And uh, you'd always hear that theme song. So it, it does have a memory of me walking past the television and that always being on that evening. You know, hashtag same. Uh, when I was in college, the same thing would happen. I know, God rest his soul, that Perry played Dylan, kind of the bad boy initially, but he had a heart of gold. And so, yeah, I've heard about all these things from, from friends constantly. And maybe I should watch the reboot and, and go back and just binge uh, the original series. Maybe, maybe I'll still enjoy it. Well, and then maybe we should talk about something we actually know something about. (laughs) You know what? Something we both know about is your DJ work here today, Craig, uh, with another 90s alternative hit. But don't you remember what I told you last week? In the summer, I like to explore different genres. So if you're going to ask what's going on... What's going on? That just changed the vibe on this podcast, seriously. About a 180-degree turn there. Uh, now I'm feeling all laid back. Laid back. With my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Well, let's not quite be that laid back, Craig. We are on a work podcast here, after all. Uh, maybe we can find some middle ground here? We can build our love on middle ground. Uh, are you just going to keep playing a song after every sentence? After every word I say. Say, say, say what you want, but don't play games with my <laughs> Okay, I think we've exhausted the music library now, but uh, that was fun, I gotta say. It was. Uh, so, several songs ago, we asked what's going on, and the answer I'd say is a lot. Uh, why don't you give the folks listening a little update on Channel Partners' evolution? <laughs> A reminder that it all kicks off with our pre-conference event, September 9th, at 1 p.m., and it features sales and marketing guru, Robin Robbins. Guru? Wow. She plans to offer marketing secrets to double or triple the number of quality managed service clients partners can get in the next 12 months. You and I will be in attendance, Kevin, to see if we can double or triple our podcast audience. 
Yes, but as our current podcast audience knows, we're firmly planted in the rectangle of mediocrity there, friend. So we will set our expectations low and give ourselves 12 years to achieve the same goal. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Uh, hey, I see the Dell Expert Network just signed on to sponsor that pre-conference. You know, Craig, they certainly did, and we couldn't be more excited. I mean, talk about two very powerful brands within the IT channel, uh, Robin Robinson Technology Marketing Toolkit as one the same brand, and then Dell and Dell Expert Network. Uh, so it's just a great combo platter there on pre-conference day, and it should be a really great time and a lot of good learning for everyone in attendance. Somehow you brought that back to food with the combo platter. You just can't help yourself. Craig, <laughs> you pegged me again. Uh, it all comes back to food with me, you know, and it's why even though I'm working out twice as much, now that I'm getting older, my metabolism's twice as slow, and I haven't changed my eating, so I'll be the same Kevin everybody's uh, become familiar with when they see me in September, that's for sure. <laughs> Given up already. Hey, it's worth bringing up one of my favorite events at the show, Kevin, as long as we're still talking about uh, Channel Partners Evolution, and that is the first-time attendee reception. You, you like food that there, too. Yeah, yeah. It's packed, tends to be in a cool location. Uh, this year's no different. It's at the Dignitary right there at the Marriott Marquis, the Ooh. host hotel. And, and I looked it up, Kevin. It is a hotel bar. You know, you're always talking about those lobby bars as a great place to do some business and network. Well, we're taking it over for first-timers. You know, Craig, it's about darn time that Channel Partners and Informa listen to me, and we're actually moving a big party to a hotel lobby bar. And I'll tell you, the Dignitary is a very, very cool spot. So there's going to be tons of networking going on at that reception. So just a, just a great place to do it because that's, that's what the lobby bars at Convention Center shows are for. Spoken like a true local. <laughs> you got that right, buddy. You busted me. Well, what's uh, one event maybe you're looking the most forward to? Craig, I'm going to be a little cheesy and dodge the question a bit here because I, I don't know if you could really call it an event, even though I consider it one. It's, it's the Expo Hall, Craig. You know I love that Expo Hall. The exhibitors are coming in full force. We have a lot of new exhibitors, a lot of new companies for people to see. Um, there's going to be some unbelievable content on the show floor this time, and I mean education sessions for the first time. The education tracks will be held on the show floor. The VIP sessions that our awesome sponsors are putting on are held again on the show floor. The Alliance Makers program that we talked about last week with Lorna Gary and Janet Shines, that will be on the show floor, showing exhibitors, sponsors, and other vendors uh, you know, how to improve their channel programs. Just so much going on. Did I mention free food and drink on the show floor during the opening reception? You might not want to call it an event per se, but I consider it the biggest event at Channel Partners, uh, maybe next to our pre-con and, and the keynotes and everything. It, but so many big events, but I, I just love that one. Well, and it's worth noting for anyone who's forgotten, we're going to have extended hours for the Expo Hall as well, 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Tuesday the 10th, uh, then 8.30 to 6 p.m. on uh, Wednesday the 11th. And then on the last day of the show, as usual, we will be open from 10 to noon. But overall... Kevin, that's like, uh, well, I can't do the math off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, it's another 10 to 12 hours probably of the Expo Hall being open. And, Craig, you're absolutely right. We did this in response to a lot of the things our exhibitors were saying and the partners where they weren't able to meet or have a home base to meet 
each other during non-expo hours. Maybe they didn't have a conference and expo badge, and they couldn't go to some of the education sessions, so they wanted to have meetings. So this helps set all that up. While the show floor might not be as busy during the non-traditional, I would put, I'm using air quotes here that no one can see, uh, expo hours, um, your opening reception from 4 to 7, your pub crawl from 2 to 6, during those earlier hours, it's just a great time to go meet with, you know, your vendors there that you're already working with or meet new ones um, at their booth at a slower time and maybe have a more in-depth conversation. So that's why we did that. We're looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. We're sure it's going to go great. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. Speaking of events, Craig, we know that Channel Partners Evolution is not the only event in the summer and fall. It did seem like the entire Channel Partners team assemble was traveling last week and getting our feet wet before we all came together in D.C. Yes, sir. You and much of the sales team, as well as a couple of members of our edit team, were at CompTIA's ChannelCon. How'd that go? Craig, I got to be honest, the team and our partners at CompTIA always put on a great event. They do a very good job. Our sales team had a lot of excellent meetings with the vendors there. Actually bumped into several MSP501ers that we're going to see at Evolution, got some pictures, nice. uh, congratulated them, learned a lot about IT from them and how much smarter they are than I am. But, you know, so that hurt a little. But honestly, Shaq is the keynote. Uh, wasn't quite sure what he was going to talk about and tie it in, but he was hilarious. He, he was great. He was, you know, on point in terms of just talking about business perspectives and things like that. It really... Really good interview with Shaq there during the keynote, so that was a lot of fun as well. Shaq, uh, he's the greatest of the universe. So, Craig, our sales team was at CompTIA, but I understand that wasn't all last week? Right, you are. Our own Edward Gately, an absolute hawk on the security beat, was also in Vegas. He sat in on the Black Hat event there and got us an interview with Cisco and Duo Security, it's been nearly a year since Cisco closed its acquisition of Duo. We'll get caught up on what's happened in the month since and what that partnership is doing for cybersecurity in general with Ed. That's coming up a little later in our recurring Where in the World is Edward Gately segment. I'm excited for that, Craig. You know, with all these mergers, I almost, almost forgot about that one, so I can't wait to hear more on that. But I have to say, are you forgetting something? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I knew it would come back to you. Yeah, I actually got out of the house. I remember seeing the shocked look on my neighbor's faces when I was carrying a suitcase to my car. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I went up to Denver and attended the Tolaris Partner Summit. It was a really great event. You know, their theme was Top Gun. You would have loved it. <laughs> I most certainly would. And I got to tell you, Craig, you can be my wingman anytime. Ah, uh, what a sweet thing to say. Anyway, I took a few minutes to sit down with Tolaris co-founder and CEO Adam Edwards to get caught up on everything that's happening with the Utah-based master agent. Let's hear it. Okay, Adam, why don't you uh, start off by telling me a little bit about the growth of this event. Uh, we're here in Aurora at the Gaylord. It's really kind of a big sprawling complex, somewhat symbolic of how you guys have grown and this event has grown as well. 
Uh, yeah, definitely growth here. This is an event we've been putting on for uh, over seven years. We started at a very small event, very humble beginnings in the Gold Coast in uh, Vegas, actually associated at, with the timing of Channel Partners because we didn't think anyone would show up. So uh, we made sure it was at the same time since people were already in town. We took it to Stein Erickson uh, in Utah and Deer Valley, which is a great venue, but just not big enough. We maxed out at 400 people. Uh, and now we're trying to alternate between East and West Coast to make sure we're engaging our partners on the East. And now we're back on the West this year. Uh, after Florida last year at the Gaylord. And uh, 900 folks this year, about 600 of those being selling partners, which is just fantastic. That's what we want to see is engage top selling partners, make sure we're mixing with suppliers and exploring new ideas. Speaking of top selling partners, we had some stats this morning on the board talking about all the services, the advanced services that are being sold by your partners now. Talk about the growth in some of those areas like UC, contact center, cloud, et cetera. Sure. I think that's one of the most exciting things taking place in this channel right now is, you know, the legacy telecom channel has really evolved into selling what we're calling advanced services. So, uh, you know, originally selling uh, long distance and then network, network being, you know, the bulk of our sales today. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of UC, we're seeing a lot of cloud compute and contact centers. So some of the numbers I shared were this morning as we talked through it is actually Scott Forbush sharing that the number of active participants, so we count the number of partners that are selling advanced services in a given month has doubled. That doubled from 2017 to 2018. We're seeing it continue to climb. And what that means is these legacy partners who maybe started out selling you know, network or voice are now selling these other services. They're selling security. They're selling IoT. They're selling the cloud compute solutions we've been talking about. And that's the change we want to see, to broaden the scope of these trusted advisors. That's awesome. Talk about the regional structure you guys adopted recently or or sort of shrunk it down from six regions to three. How is that helping partners? You know, we wanted to make sure we're spending more time in front of partners. If we can sit with them, understand their business, uh, share with them the data we're seeing and uh, have them give us feedback on what they need, what kind of support, tools and everything else that's a better way to engage. And so what we did is we went from six regions to three. So we've got three area VPs right now that report to Scott Forbush. And that means we've got more people in the field to engage with partners on a consistent basis. I wanted to ask you about uh, consolidation in this industry. Obviously, the last couple of years have been pretty big with uh, a couple of your rivals being purchased by, by others. And you guys sort of went the other way and, and bought carrier sales. What's that doing for the industry? And do you expect to see more of that uh, here in the next few years? You know, I do expect to see more uh, consolidation. I think there's being a hollowing out right now in the middle. I think in order to be a master agent at scale, you've got to have size. Uh, And scale, meaning the bigger you get, the more cost efficient you get and can provide services, resources, things that partners can't do for themselves. There are a lot of things that partners can do for themselves, but some things like financing are very difficult. You've got to have a master agent that has the scale and financial resources to advance commissions to hire new people or acquire a business or whatever it is the partner wants to do. Developing software tools, those things require size. What I've seen is there's a change in master agents. They're either going niche where they're focusing on a specific product segment or they're trying to get big. And and I think that's where master agents need to reside. Otherwise, I think you'd be selling directly to the customer. Give me an update on on tools you guys are rolling out. You were sort of the uh, originator of, of, of the tool business for partners back with GeoQuote so long ago. Oh, what's the update there? 
So we built a lot of tools just because they didn't exist. They, they weren't thought of. We didn't have them uh, before. And so we've always invested in our tools in updating them. And now they've morphed more from pricing into informational tools, intelligence tools. So partners can see how things integrate, uh, what they should be talking to their customers about. We're also working on now pushing data back in front of the partner. So when partners sit down with our development managers out in the field, they're having quarterly business reviews where they're looking at real data, data that we've aggregated from all these different transactions, from what all of our partners are doing, so we can advise and talk to them about the growth of their business. So a lot more informational tools, but uh, certainly more investment going into the development of those. I wanted to ask you about the international play. Uh, you know, we've got our, our first international show at Channel Partners coming up, Channel Evolution Europe in London here in uh, just a few months. You guys have really dipped your toes into the international market. What are you doing there? So we're excited about that. We think it's a process right now of planting seeds. I think the best way to go international is to acquire, but this model doesn't exist there. And so what we've really got to do is invest at a grassroots level, hire a local person who knows the market and has relationships. And we started in Australia. And at this point, it's gone really well. We've signed over 100 partners and continue to see more. We've engaged the ideas out there. We've messaged. And now we're seeing production come in. So, so it takes more time than you might think. Uh, you know, you want to jump in and see it happen immediately. But this is a multi-year investment uh, that we're running there. We want a hub over in Asia Pacific. And we feel like Australia is a great place to start. And it has been. So now we hired in uh, Toronto. So we're in Canada. And uh, what we're doing there is the same thing. Uh, is making sure we consolidate, introduce the concept of master agent. And it'll actually be a lot easier in Canada. Just with the proximity to the U.S., they're familiar with the concept. There just hasn't been a large-scale master agent present in Canada. For those folks who aren't here, it looks like you, well, you've got the Top Gun theme. It looked like you guys had a lot of fun with that music video you did. Tell the folks a little about that. So, yeah, the music video was our marketing team comes up with these ideas and they say, okay, we've got this idea. Would you be willing to do it? And, of course, the answer is yes. We're going to have fun, play around and make fools of ourselves. We're, we're up for it. And so we did. Uh, we goofed around and did a parody of, uh, of the Top Gun theme. And, you flew uh, right into the danger zone, didn't you? That we were absolutely in the danger zone, complete with the volleyball scene. Uh, yeah. So made absolute fools of, our, of ourselves and documented that for posterity and uh, had a lot of fun with it. It's awesome. It'll live on the internet forever now, I'm sure. Adam, thanks for your time. Great show. And I uh, look forward to the rest of it here in the next couple of days. Thank you, Craig. You know, Kevin, Adam is an all-around good guy. As you are the 90210 Brandon of Channel Partners, he could definitely be the Brandon of the entire channel. Craig, after meeting Adam a few times, I couldn't agree more. They're doing some great things at Tolaris. Really interesting to hear about the growth of UC, contact center, and cloud sales. Yeah, and they've got plans in place to help guide partners who are just getting their feet wet in 5G, IoT, AI, machine learning, and more, Kevin. Speaking of machine learning, how's the old bucket of bolts? <laughs> are you referring to Digi, this podcast, Digital Services Robot Mascot? Of course, Craig. <sighs> Disrespectful, Kevin. He's over here planning his agenda for Channel Partners Evolution. So wait a minute. He's going to D.C.? First off, I resent your disrespectful comment. I don't ever think I've used the word resent on this podcast, but do you not remember how he insulted me when we gave him all that attention at Channel Partners in Vegas? <laughs> when we named an award after him and he appeared on stage for crying out loud, he still found the need to insult me? Yeah, he did. He did. You got to admit, the audience got a good laugh out of it, though. Yeah, everyone but old Gavin here. <laughs> well, his presence will be a little muted at Evolution. Uh, he'll mostly play the role of attendee, 
You know, we've got so much discussion around digital services at the show, security, managed services, cloud. Of course, he already knows all of it, being a bot chock full of artificial intelligence. Here we go again. Kevin, I feel like you need a pep talk. You've got nothing to worry about. Digi isn't trying to push you off the marquee. In fact, he feels this podcast is beneath him. I guess that's a good point, Craig. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. Thanks. Who knew it could pay off to be so average? All right. Time for our next guest in a segment we like to call... Where in the world is... Edward Gately. That's right, Kevin. Ed spent last week at the big Black Hat Security Conference in Las Vegas. He managed to avoid getting his phone hacked... As far as we know, anyway. ...and brought us back this interview with reps from Cisco and its recently acquired Duo Security. Hi, this is Edward Gately, news editor with Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures, and I'm here with John Oberheide. He's the co-founder and CTO of Duo Security, and I'm here with Jeff Reed, Senior Vice President of Product for Cisco's security business. How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. Yeah, thanks for having us. Definitely. So, okay, it's been a year since Cisco announced its acquisition of Duo Security. What's taken place since then in terms of the two companies coming together? Absolutely. Why don't you start with us off, John? Yeah, it's been, okay. a, it's been a wild ride in the, mm-hmm. the first year uh, since announced, which we announced the, the deal last August. And, uh, you know, it was really attractive uh, to Duo and to our business um, because the, where Cisco was going as a business represented some of the areas that we had excelled in. It's been a, a SaaS business from day one. We focus on cloud-delivered security, focused on ease of use and serving a large customer base. And those were all changes that Cisco was trying to enact in, uh, in its business. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, if you listen to Ernie's call with Chuck, that transformation from you know, hardware to software, perpetual to SaaS. So those things were always really attractive to us, as a, considering Cisco as a suitor. Yeah. Um, at and, the same and, time, and you as a target yes, for us. Yes. <laughs> at the same time, there was you know this this opportunity within Cisco's portfolio to say how can we um, kind of secure modern access for end users. Uh, this this kind of vision of uh, securely connecting you know any user from any device to any network or application was um, I think things that we were both trying to accomplish together. That was a, a, a great fit and is really what brought the deal together. And since then, we've been you know, trying to, working to figure out what is a joint offering for our customers in the vein of, of zero trust, the term that is on the tips of you know, everyone's lips. Customers are thinking about it. How do I transform my, my IT and security architecture you know, for, uh, for modernization? And at Duo, we had always looked at zero trust from a little bit of a more narrow lens of your end users and their devices accessing your work applications. And what's been really exciting to join up with Cisco is um, some of the, the products and offerings in workload security, like how do I secure modern applications and workloads, as well as uh, as workplace. You know, my my modern digitized workplace looks very different when I have hundreds, if not thousands, of IoT devices all over it, uh, chatting over the network. So that uh, that framework of you know Cisco's zero trust solution for uh, workforce, workload, and workplace is what we've been putting together. Uh, over the past year or so uh, since close. And it comes to the exactly zero trust. The way that users are and things are accessing data and applications is changing. And we, mm-hmm. we felt like we had that. There was clearly a hole in our portfolio that where Duo is coming from around that workforce and bringing that identity capability in I think is very, very attractive. And we're seeing opportunities to now leverage 
you know, we have endpoint information that we can combine with what Duo does from an access perspective, and that's really kind of given us a whole new area that we weren't, we weren't able to address previously, but uh, Duo now allows us to do that. Okay. And certainly the, you know, the, the channel that Cisco has is incredibly attractive, like our, our mission at Duo is to democratize security and being able to take our technology and our product to Cisco's 800,000 customers through um, its, its massive you know, B2B go-to-market is, is great. That allows us to accelerate our, our mission as a company. Now, are you fully one company, or do you remain kind of a, a division or a part of Cisco? So we're a BU, a business unit within SBG. Okay. Um, so the Duo team kind of just plugged into G. Rittenhouse's uh, organization who runs the security business group. And speaking of partners, what has Duo and Cisco coming together meant for both Cisco's partners? And I, I'm sure that Duo also had had partners. Yeah, we had a we have a partner program that is, um, you know, it's, it's actually one of the fastest growing areas of, of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pre Cisco, and um, about 30 percent of our our revenue um, historically was was channel influenced. Um, but we saw that opportunity, especially as our, our customers go down the path of this really, you know, multi-year, long-term, zero-trust journey. They really need a, a trusted partner to work with. It's mm-hmm. not a transactional sale to go zero-trust. And so that's where I think, you know, partners can add a lot of value. And what types of partners was Duo working with? So we have a um, MSSP program okay, for, um, for customers that are on the smaller side that, you know, they don't have the, the resources to... You know, staff their own IT or security team, so they outsource that. I mean, that's a trend that happens across all segments, but we we've seen a lot of success um, in that um, that S and B mid market space. And then we work with a lot of the strategic resellers and, and VARs that are kind of the more traditional uh, security channel. And now, from the Cisco side, what's it, what's this meant to partners? They love it. Okay. <laughs> well, look, I, I can't I, wait to sell. <laughs> yeah, and I think it comes back to you know, as a product, you duo. It just it's built in a way that makes it you know easy to deploy, operate, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so there's a and the, the transactional volume, the ability to you know go from lead to close is mm-hmm. frankly best in class, and the partners love that aspect about it. And then in parallel to that, you know at least for our partners, again, it brings them into a new conversation, really allows them to have this conversation around zero trust. And to John's point, that's a very that's not a you buy this product and you're done. <laughs> That's a multi-year transformation. So the service is rich. And so they're able to kind of be a, a trusted partner for the customers that happens, but utilize best-in-class technology to make it easier for them to, to move down that path. We see a lot of partners embracing SaaS as a, a delivery model. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Duo's been pretty much 100% SaaS since, since day one. So it's a, a way for them to get experience with the new and a selling motion that is the way that customers want to buy in the modern day. Easy to demo, yeah. easy to do proof of value, makes it makes the whole sales cycle process uh, efficient. Now, cloud security is obviously a big topic and a big challenge for organizations. You can talk a little more about what does Cisco have to offer now with Duo to help them? Yeah, I think from the, the workforce side, that that is the biggest driver of our business is cloud mm-hmm. adoption. It's customers that are saying, I used to protect the perimeter this way, and now that I'm going cloud, I have to protect my new environments and my old environments, and my old controls don't bridge to the new world, and there are no <laughs> controls in the new world, so Duo offers that kind of unification of security policy, security control, and visibility across those hybrid environments, and mm-hmm. we, we, just, we started with 
you know, strong authentication with multi-factor, which is the kind of clear and present need of pretty much every organization out there, and we're able to continue to build value to now deliver a full kind of zero-trust offering to our, our customers. We see the traction in different verticals, different geographies, uh, all based on basically modernization. Like when are people moving to new Bye. devices, yeah, new SaaS devices. applications. Yeah. Yeah. When we were looking at this opportunity with Duo, I think everyone knows interface. It's a very effective control, but it hadn't been delivered in a way that the end user was excited or even like tolerant of the point. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's where Duo just from the beginning had such a focus on the end user, like the actual end user's experience and how security either helped them get what they needed to get done or hindered what they needed to get done. And Duo was on the help side, but a lot of the previous incarnations were on the hinder side. And, and so that was just, it was just very effective. And it's come to more of a head as we've seen this transition to, I'm a mobile worker accessing applications, you know, that are hosted outside of where I can deploy security controls. How can I still make sure that, you know, I want customers to be able to use these things, but I need to do it securely. And yeah. I think do is just best in class in enabling that experience. And that's experience that 99% of our customers want to deliver. You think about like consumerization of IT, like your average employee is now empowered in the organization to go do whatever they need, whatever tools, whatever applications to get their job done. And so, you know, we've spent decades in security building technology, security technology for like machines and, you know, boxes and servers and stuff. And what we did at Duo was just build security for people, which is a very different approach of understanding like what an average employee needs to do to get their job done, and then figuring out how you enable that in a, a safe and usable way. Lots of competition out there. What has Cisco and Duo coming together, how has that kind of impacted the competitive landscape out there, and then also kind of how you fit into it? It's a, it's a net positive um, from, from my perspective. You know, with our experiences at Duo, um, we have a you know, clearly def- differentiated portfolio now, um, whereas before we were just a relatively small player still trying to get the attention of, you know, partner channel of Fortune 100. You know, it's a certainly an instant credibility boost and, you know, go-to-market boost for our business. And I think, I think we're, Cisco, you know, post-Duo is uniquely positioned to have that kind of broad zero-trust conversation. And as John walked through, there's not a single... How you enable that is different, and are you protecting employees, all our workforce, applications, all our workload, things, all our workplace. And there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of companies out there that can do one or maybe two of those three, but I think we're really the only one that can think of really effectively and easily deliver that as a broader architectural vision. And then as far as Cisco's overall cybersecurity strategy, what's next? Maybe what can we expect on the horizon? So we've been really focused on building and acquiring best of breed technologies and, and starting to bring those together. And historically, we've done a lot of that integration. We call it on the back end, you know, from an intelligence perspective. How do I take the TALUS threat intelligence and make sure that's available across all our products, taking our advanced malware functionality and making it run in not just network, but email and endpoint and in the cloud, et cetera. What you're starting to see is we're doing a lot more in terms of bringing those capabilities in the kind of front end from an operational perspective. So things like 
how do you define policy in one place and allow that to then be implemented by the appropriate product and does the enforcement for what you need to do? And that's something we're doing with the Procter Call Cisco Defense Orchestrator. Or how do we bring threat visibility into a single spot so the incident response team can quickly get all the enrichment around an IOC and what the Cisco security portfolio has seen about that, create a relational graph about that, and allow you to kind of drive to a much faster IR response than you've been able to do in the past. So I think you're going to see, see more of that integration work because we really feel that's a, that's a huge opportunity because so many of our customers are struggling with just the complexity, number of products, number of tools. We have a really broad portfolio and we're doing more and more to deliver value if you use multiple of those things together. And that comes together even just integrations between the products and some of the stuff that John's been driving. I think, I think that'll be the, you know, those are the big themes of how do we make security more simple for our customers. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're just used to, as an industry, so much complexity and so many point products that, you know, you have to buy additional point products just to manage all the other point products. It's, it's absurd. So, you know, how do we, how do we help uh, customers simplify and, and how do we improve their, their customer experience, um, not only working with Cisco, but just in the, the broader, broader IT ecosystem? Those are areas where I think we'll see a pivot a little bit in terms of um, Cisco's focus on, on more business enablement through security versus just, you know, maybe the past of trying to block all the, the bad things. Appreciate you guys talking to me today. Yeah, thanks so much. Craig, as always, great to hear from our road warrior, Eddie Boy, or Edward Gately, but we affectionately call him Eddie Boy, showing us his cybersecurity chops and getting a big name like Cisco for this podcast. You know, Black Hat is the premier cybersecurity conference out there. And disclaimer, it's now a show owned by our parent company, Informa, as part of its recent UBM acquisition. And also... Don't take Black Hat if you're allergic to Black Hat. What? Oh, I thought we were going to list a bunch of the standard disclaimers we're all hearing nowadays. Ah, uh, interesting. It was a big of a reach. But Craig, as we've mentioned, the security education continues at our show, Channel Partners Evolution, in less than four weeks. We'll have sessions on venture capital as it pertains to security, the managed detection and response opportunity, and more. And as we like to say, Kevin, security... It's, it's part, part of, of every, every sale. sale. It's almost like you knew I was going to say that. Okay. But before we go, since our interviews were both on the road this week, Kevin, we're going to put you on the hot spot. Yes, you, Kevin, for our summer game show, Random Personal Question. As the late, great Keith Jackson once said, Whoa, <laughs> So not only do you have to perform a new theme song like you do every time, you have to answer this edition of the RPQ. No problem, Craig. Now that I'm no longer intimidated by Digi, I think I've got this. It's random nana. And now it's my turn personal nana. Craig spins the wheel and here's my question nana. We've lost our listeners in Havana. Ah, so you went modern this time. Very nice. You know, we're trying to hit every genre. I don't know if Camilla would appreciate that rendition. Uh, probably not, and rightfully <laughs> so, but I gave it my best shot. Well, it shows you have an eclectic taste in music, and uh, now our listeners really have an eclectic taste in music after hearing that. You know what? If you're not versatile, at least attempt to be, right, Craig? You got it. 
<laughs> yep, the greatest teacher is failure. <laughs> no whammies! No whammies! No whammies! Hey! Oh, yeah, this is one of my favorite ones when I created the various questions. So here, here you go. Of course go. it would be, Craig. <laughs> and it is the Pythagorean theorem or the Fibonacci sequence, and why? Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Pythagorean theorem because it's just more fun to say. Huh. I've been in a lot of lobby bars and stuff like that, as we've talked about. So while I've heard about these things in the past, I might not necessarily remember exactly. I think the Pythagorean theorem is something about triangles. Yes. So, yes. so awesome. I think I'm going to have to go with that uh, because I'm just a big fan of triangles, and I like the way it sounds. And you like the way a triangle sounds, you know, in a band. There you go. I do. And that's probably the only instrument I know how to play. <laughs> All right. Well, good answer. Th those are both equally good answers. So, uh, yeah, you went for the education stuff with me. I mean, yeah. these really are random then. Took you back to high school geometry there. Maybe even yeah. uh, junior high or even before that, depending on what school you went to. Your school is probably like, you know, senior year. That's right. Where's Jeff Foxworthy when you need him with the, are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> or is it third grader? See, I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. And if you would like to download the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, and as my buddy would say, why wouldn't you? Just go to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Type in Channel Partners Online in the search bar. You can also find our podcasts on the flagship ChannelPartnersOnline.com. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And we will see you again next time. It's been real. It's been fun. And it has been real fun. See you around, Channel. Ain't it fun?